0: What's up you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor, Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com. You know the drill. All your wrestling news, exclusives, podcasts, photos, videos. Head over there. Running a contest. I'm going to run a series of contests soon that basically your entry will be determined on uh, using our comment board. So go ahead, comment on any stories that you all might like. Just share your thoughts. I'll respond to you over there. Looking to grow that community. But let's get these plugs out of the way. FightfulSelect.com. The Weekender podcast is up. We have the Q&A podcast up. Warren Hayes' 205 Live NXT review, that is over there. New dark match commentary matches are up. Retro podcast for Raw, June 7th, 2010. The night Nexus debuted, let me tell you. In ring, I feel like we're spoiled until I saw tonight's wrestling program. Uh, <laughs> I have an alternate commentary up covering Benoit Jericho at the Rumble. It was a, a viewer request. If it were a work, if it were a shoot, we'll be filming very soon. We have a series of Jimmy Van's match archives. We've got some new stuff coming to you as well. Check it out. You get early access to articles. You can see the Listen your Boy intro over there. Well let, Let's talk about the the plug you all really want to hear me talk about. I wrote 2,500 words about dicks, Alex Pawlowski, joining me on the podcast yeah. tonight.
1: Yeah, twenty five hundred uh, words. That's that was a that was a, a that was a light day when I used to write r- read, write those post raw reviews. Those yeah, clocked in at four thousand words easy, and I wasn't getting paid by the word. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were like,
0: like, oh, can I increase my rate? And I'm like, Alex, you're writing one article a week, <laughs> one article a week. But yeah, I was able to talk to Joey Ryan, MJF, Shane Helms. Jeff Jarrett, and Joe Gertner about penis druids, and not just them. I interviewed an honest-to-God penis druid from All In. The story is up on FightfulWrestling.com. You can see it pinned on my Twitter, at Sean Ross The full shoot interview with a penis druid is on YouTube.com slash Fightful. And I got to say, Alex, you would be surprised at how much shooting that penis did. Yeah, well, you know, it's a penis, so you'd hope it would shoot elites a little bit. You would think so, and I don't even have a segue to get to right now. (laughs) I also write a column about WDB riding the wave. We have lots of stuff up right now, guys. My match ratings for WWE Raw go up tomorrow, but this weekend we have UFC Moscow. We have Triple G Canelo. Myself and Carlos Toro will do a podcast after Triple G Canelo, too. Uh, myself alex palowski jeff hawkins bringing you that post hell in a cell pay-per-view but tomorrow well if you're listening to this tuesday it'd be today but tuesday 2 p.m eastern the new look fightful mma podcast myself mma insider james lynch mma historian showdown joe we will be joined by carlos for a brief segment as he previews triple g canelo even if you don't like mma give us a shot or at least let people know about us that's the most important thing guys Help us engage. I want uh, you all to share our stories. Just let people know you all like our stuff. Comment on our stories. That stuff really helps too. Last plug: I did a very random stream for Fightful Gaming, which just basically consisted of me uh, streaming Fire Pro Wrestling World last night. It was a very on the on the like just on the fly thing. Sometimes my audio was a little bit low. I will have that figured out in the future, but there will be more of those. I don't know what kind of games. I don't know if we'll stick to the fighting genre, the wrestling genre, the MMA genre. But that is something you will see more of at Fightful.com. Don't know if it'll be on YouTube, Twitch, Fightful Select, Fightful.com. But it will happen more. We got WWE Raw to talk about. We're going to make our predictions for Hell in a Cell on Tuesday's post-Smackdown podcast. But, uh, Alex, this was a pretty forgettable episode of WWE Raw. Jeremy Lambert on our, our staff chat said they punted during Monday Night Football.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, are you ready for some football? Because uh, WWE was, and they said, yeah, no, we're not going to do anything. That's cool. We're going we're gonna to hire a bunch of guys who obviously aren't cops, and that'll be a major plot point uh that's, that's this was exactly bad what
0: this was bad it wasn't good it was a nothing happening show Nikki Bella legitimately had match of the night in my estimation you could tell they were killing time straight from the jump straight from the jump and Alex as I mentioned last week WWE and without me and you giving away too many details that'll get us in trouble but Indeed. WWE is going to great details to keep me in particular, from learning what's going to happen on this show, correct?
1: Oh, what I love about it is had, had they informed you of anything, there wouldn't have been anything to spoil. There it. would have been no article to write.
0: <laughs> Vince McMahon could have called me personally on the phone and given me the information. <laughs> there would have been no article before tonight's Raw. Uh, now, they, they are trying really hard, as you said, and I liked, Cutting the tops off of their Nike socks to keep me from finding out what's going to happen on this show. To which I reply, why, man? (laughs) Come on. Come on. So here's, here's sign number one that they're killing time. Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Braun Strowman consecutively get individual entrances. Wow, man. Yep. And they're, they're followed by every heel who takes instructions from the first three. And I mean, like AOP, Elias, people who do not fit this profile are out.
1: No, yeah. Uh, they tried to explain it away a little bit later, but even Kevin Owens is out there. He tried. He, he tried. God bless him. He tried. Uh, AOP is out there. Uh, Drew Gulak continues to be. A part of the goon squad, and we'll I'm talk. We'll them. talk more about this two hundred five live integration because I got got a little, got God, a little God, bit excited. on that.
0: Yeah, got a little bit on that. Braun throws to a video. He says that Roman has his hounds of justice. He has his dogs of war. I like that as a name.
1: Yeah, no, that's hey, that's great. If you're gonna have of justice, dogs of war, that's great. I mean, it plays into the whole big dog thing. But I wonder how many people out there recognize the Shakespeare reference that comes from Julius Caesar cry havoc and let slip the dogs of war
0: getting a feeling you're the only one alex it
1: could be but i uh, i just love i love the the implication that Braun is a big shakespeare buff
0: well let me let me just correct you to you that's my what it might what it be to vince mcmahon it's the the 1980 movie that grossed like five million bucks
1: it could be i love that that shit (laughs) that's
0: probably what it is for him could the, be. the Tom Berenger-Christopher Walken yeah. joint. That's, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, man. So the Shield music hits, and the Shield beats up
1: every heel on the roster yep. with broken axes. No, they're, they're not necessarily broken axes. They're axe handles. Like, if you walk into a Home Depot, you can buy an axe handle separately. Man, and you can, you can buy, and buy an axe head separately. Why you wouldn't just buy the whole axe? I don't know. But you can buy an axe handle. But it's a weird thing, because, like, the axe handles were things because they are readily available in any hardware store, street gangs of the sixties and seventies would buy these things on mass and use them in, in like big old rumbles because they, because it wasn't illegal to carry them on your person walking down the street. <laughs> yeah. So I like the idea of like, Oh, these are our baby face heroes who brought out some hickory sticks to do a whooping on a bunch of guys with. Okay, Cool. I guess, I guess so.
0: <laughs> so, I'm not the mathematician on the podcast. I'll never, I'll never. Right. Pretend to be. But if they come off the top rope, gripping it like this, a double axe handle, yeah. and they're holding an axe handle, that can't be a triple axe handle, right? It's got to be like a multiplication.
1: Yeah, no. Uh. Well, yeah, They're. They're. if they're, if double axe they're handle. Square. Double axe yeah. handle. Each one of them, each one of them's holding a double axe handle. And there's three of them. That's. So it'd be a, it would be but, a, a sextuple. But,
0: but I mean, they're not all coming off the top with a double axe handle. Holding an axe handle, that being a, a triple axe handle, I, I don't know, man. It's just too many axes. I don't know. The Shield are backstage arguing with cops, and Baron Corbin tries to talk them down. He asks them to vacate the premises immediately, or go to jail and vacate their titles. <laughs> to which... To which I gotta say, I like Dean because Dean's kind of like, I don't have shit. Let me let me do it. Like the look yeah. on his face is like, been to jail, don't have a title. Let me do what <laughs> I want.
1: <laughs> I love how you say the shield arguing with cops as though we're just supposed to take it face value. Yeah, these men wearing ill-fitting blue button downs and like you know dollar store badges. Uh, are cops. There's one of them carrying a nightstick, and one of them has a hat. The rest of them just showed up to to casting that day. Uh, One guy is legitimately five feet tall. Another guy has this weird haircut with, like, bangs and a big, full, bushy beard, which I'm pretty sure they won't let you do at the uh, the academy. So uh, this was ridiculous, and my favorite part is they kept going back to these guys throughout the night to show you just how totally non-cops they were.
0: Yeah. Total not cops are total these. Total
1: not cops, yep.
0: What did you think of them integrating Smackdown Live highlight videos into this? I thought that that made sense. I mean, fewer people watch Smackdown, but this was another time killer. Make no mistake. This was filler. Oh, total
1: total filler. Yeah, 100%. Um, you got one for like every match. Yeah, no. It was this was this was bad. It was just so So much filler that it became uh, impossible just to like, okay, we get it. Yes, we know. If
0: if there wasn't so much filler elsewhere on the show, I don't think I would have had as much of a problem with it because I understand the line of thinking in running videos on Charlotte, Becky, and uh, all these other matches that are going on. But at the same time, it's like, man, they were were really killing time. Let's go ahead and talk about the big show. He has been cleared, by the way. He's out there in his gear, and there's a real long – Connors Cure segment. Yeah. I don't care. That's WWE's prerogative. Glad glad they do something for whatever reason it is that they do it. Mm-hmm. But this was another thing you can tell they were like, big show gonna need you to go out there and kill some time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's great. I mean the, the Connors Cure thing is is objectively a wonderful thing that they do for these kids. Um it, it did feel extra. Tonight. It was yeah, it was it was stretched. It was very much stretched. Yeah,
0: Nikki Bella with Brie Bella defeated Ruby Riot with the Riot Squad. On my match ratings, I gave this a five point seven five, which isn't quite like a, a. You all can check out my match ratings in the morning and the explanation on that, but it's not quite quite like something that I'm going to take and say, "Hey guys, go watch this." But it was the best match on this show in my estimation, and I thought Nikki Bella looked real good tonight. Brie Bella not wrestling, and Nikki Bella being in there with one of the best workers on the roster, regardless of gender, was a good move. Tomorrow night you got Brie and Maurice. I'm hoping that ends in a. I should probably hit the trademark button. Fuck finish tomorrow. Yep. yep. but uh, man, Nikki Bella looked real good tonight.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah she she looked she looked fine. That that's it's fine. Um, I didn't see any problems with, with what, what she was doing in the ring. I hated the finish. The finish was bad. It made, yeah, it that didn't any, make any sense. It made everyone look bad. What I want to focus on is is, is 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 the dastardly deeds of the Riot Squad preceding this match. They went into the, Bre- the, the Bella Twins' private locker room, which was the size of a closet, and they went in there and they spray-painted
0: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, Brie I can't.
1: mode, but then they crossed out Brie and wrote Riot above it. <laughs> so instead of just writing Riot mode, they had to do their trademark, then cross it out and do something else, which they also did with Fearless Nikki. But they crossed out the less part of Fearless and wrote in more. So it said, fear more, Nikki, because that's clever. Yeah bitches <laughs> how dare they have you no shame how how dare oh. you those walls were just washed like
0: you just it's... know that baron corbin ran in there and said forget the shield they gotta go to jail
1: that is vandalism sheriff ambrose where are you ah uh, we'll talk about that later um yeah that no this was bad and my the worst part was that it was for the billet twins youtube channel was what this was released yeah. on, apparently. So because it's that and not the WWE, the Bellas are fully in that mode. So like Brie looks back at her sister, like pulls her sunglasses down like halfway and is like side-eyeing her sister. And then Nikki, of course, side-eyes her own phone and is like, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's the worst. The Bella <laughs> twins together as a unit are the dirt worst. Oh. Man. I can't stand what they do. I I don't like it. It's not, Nikki is
0: not, so much better by herself, and Brie is so much better with Daniel.
1: Yeah. Well, listen, Nikki, I will give credit for for doing the work and putting in the work and improving leaps and bounds in the ring over the past several years. Yeah. Um, I will absolutely give. And even Brie is better than she used to be. Nikki's much better than Brie at this point. Oh yeah. But at, at the same time, I keep saying. The women's evolution, we had to evolve from the Bella Twins. The, the Bella Twins being the Bella Twins is why we had to evolve. If the, if the Bella Twins being the Bella Twins was great, there'd be no need for an evolution. But there was a really stark need for an evolution. I'm glad that Nikki saw the writing on the wall and evolved with it. She did. And that's good. But at the same time, everyone's celebrating the Bella Twins. Like, they, their mannerisms and the way they carry themselves has not evolved. Their in-ring abilities has, but they're still the same characters as before, and I have no interest in watching that. So a
0: couple notes on this match. Nikki hit a flying mare, took an STO really well. I always wonder how she'll be uh, bumping whenever she returns. She hit a spear that was either great or terrible based on how you look at it. I look at it as a positive because uh, I like to see moves done a different way. But uh, her fire-up comeback was good. She had a nice inverted powerbomb. And that kick out of the corner is one of my favorite moves in wrestling. I love the way she does that. She always hits it great. Uh, Sarah Logan distracts Nikki Bella, and Nikki walks into an inverted STO, which she took very well. Rack Attack 2.0 gets to win. Really liked this match. I thought it was the best match of the night. Nikki worked really, really well. Ruby worked really, really well.
1: The, the end of the match was terrible because – it there was a yeah. simple a simple reversal into the fireman's carry which is the setup for the rack attack but because it was like live trying to get in the ring to stop it and then brie pulling live out of the ring it was just ruby riot hanging out in a lazy fireman's carry for like 12 seconds before taking the finish not fighting out of it not struggling it just looked it made ruby look terrible and I think Ruby's, yeah. like you said, one of the best workers in the division. you you, you got to figure out a finish that doesn't make her look stupid and bad.
0: It's a gift and a curse for her because she can make everybody look great. Yeah. And she's great in the ring. Anybody can have a good match with her. But at the same time, like, she, she doesn't have the following and, and doesn't stand out in the way that they'd want her to. Right. A reminder, guys, the list and your boy every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on fightfulwrestling.com. Myself and fightful.com founder Jimmy Van break down the week's news. We cover some of the wildest news stories of the week in and out of wrestling. We have guests that appear on the show. We have some skits that run on the show, and you have uh, Jimmy Van's business acumen to refer to as well. It is our flagship show, a very entertaining program. Come check it out during your workday. 3 p.m. Eastern, our live chat is always going wild. Make sure you all check that out. Also, our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Libsyn, everywhere, even FightfulPods.com. You can download the podcasts, check them out. You can get extra podcasts over at FightfulSelect.com, our premium channel. Well, they ditched the Drake Maverick vest. Yeah. Yeah. You think like next week we will lose the knee pads over the pants? Considering he did not wrestle.
1: Yeah, I, I I I think he's fine to just come out in a suit or like a you know a black button down. You know
0: he probably pla- owns suits that match anything that these guys wear. That's true. He's got he's, a lot of them.
1: He's got an eclectic collection. Um, I wouldn't mind him still wearing the gloves. I think that's a cool little thing. Like maybe yes. he's like that's that's a little touch or whatever what i loved was last week on 205 live all of us were like drake maverick is this great baby face like totally objective down the middle straight shooter general manager on 205 live now he's managing a heel faction and they addressed it on 205 live mustafa ali comes up to him and says man i'm really disappointed you're not wearing the aop gear right now and, and i love <laughs> it drake maverick says what I do on my Monday nights is none of your concern. And I was like <laughs> that's a great line. It what is a great line. Okay, I totally forgive all of this ridiculousness. I, I fully believe that there's going to be more bleed over back and forth as we'll see uh later in the night. There's a there, there seems to be that there's a bleed back and forth now with all facets of both shows and I'm I'm on board tentatively until they until they show otherwise.
0: So <laughs> he's backstage and he says to AOP, don't let anybody forget the carnage caused by AOP. But he did not follow it up with, but make sure you ask them to forget that you and a dozen other guys just got your asses kicked with ax handles. Yep. Kick off the show. Uh, It did not take them long to get rid of that terrible vest. But WWE has been finding some fantastic jobbers of late. Some real good ones. Yeah. They've been, they, whoever's in charge, of tracking down jobbers in WWE is doing a great job. They found these fellas with matching gear and the things around the necks, the little collars, the gimmicks. I'm here for it. I'm down for it. These playboys got their asses kicked.
1: Oh, that's great. I I love the the one thing. This is is also a consistency all the way back to, to NXT. One guy never tags out. The first guy is the one who takes the pinfall. But the other guy also gets his ass kicked. Fantastic. Yeah. Like, and I love his like. No, I'm good. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna leave if that's okay. And getting trucked by a clothesline on the outside.
0: This guy who I have matching gear with. Piss <laughs> off <laughs> to hell with him.
1: That guy. That guy's already dead. As far as yes. I'm concerned. No. No need for us both to die. Let's I, go ahead and move on. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it.
0: One gets press-slammed onto the top rope. The other one, as you mentioned, tried to leave and got a clothesline. Boom! Gets power-slammed onto Bradley. Then they get beat with the Super Collider. <clears throat> it was fine. Yeah. Triple H shown arriving to the arena. Surprisingly light reaction, I thought, for this. Not not much of one, but...
1: Yeah, I, I wonder how, how much of the fan base is is weirded out by, by how... Uh, all like like you you couldn't get the Undertaker to appear on Raw ahead of WrestleMania but now he's like he's he was there last week he's going to be there next week HBK is here Foley's here Triple H is coming twice ahead of this pay-per-view in Australia that's the guy
0: that showed up in like September or October of 16 and said yeah. I'm back I'm digging holes and taking souls and then didn't show up again for no. months Yeah I mean, so, it got us a good soundbite out of Matt Riddle, but that was really the most productive thing to come <laughs> of that appearance.
1: Right. But my thing is I'm watching this going, I feel like there's something I'm not being told here. Like, I know you guys are selling a pay-per-view, but it's, it's this is a weird thing. And I wonder if everybody else is like, is anybody else freaked out by this is just very casual, Triple H showing up, even though like that's, that's a random thing. Like, it never happens. Now it's happening and we're supposed to just accept it.
0: Well, everything with this is like separate of the show that from from the prediction videos from the legends that they had done. It's their way to make this feel like it's not an Australian house show at four in the morning, and it's their way of building it up that way people can pretend to give a shit about it.
1: Right, and I and I was wondering, like, is it not selling? I know it's a giant venue, but I'm pretty sure it's going to sell out. It's a yeah. it's, it's a huge thing for Australia, so I don't know if they're pushing tickets or they're pushing network subscribers like if you're going to if you're excited to watch Triple H and the Undertaker fight i don't think you're going to be more excited because they have promos you know alternating weeks on raw it's it's a weird thing that they're putting that much behind it but okay cool the promos are good
0: undertaker this will be his uh let's see his fourth match of the year and before that he hadn't wrestled in a year before that, he wrestled twice. He wrestled the Rumble and WrestleMania. Before that, he wrestled once in a year. Before that, it was tag matches when he came back. But he, he this is the most active he's been since 2015. This is after hip surgery. Yeah. So, I mean, here we were in 2017 saying, this is it. This is it for The Undertaker. And you know, we had that talk about him leaving the gloves in the ring. And I think that he thought it was probably it, but he probably did. Then yeah. you hear, Oh, he's feeling a little bit better. He's got the hip and I wasn't sold after mania. Cause it was a two and a half minute match. Right. Well, then he comes back and he works Rusev for 10 minutes. Well, then he comes back and he works the garden. Wow. I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah. It, it, uh, it does feel like they're building this, this whole deal with, uh somebody was was root like was was pushing the rumor of uh DX meaning Michaels and um and H uh versus Brothers of Destruction uh Brian Kane out of the mayoral office to go with Taker in that tag in a tag match between those two uh duos at uh Greatest Royal Rumble Survivor Series Part 2, whatever it is. Like, oh well I'm I'm sure. The the, the the crown prince would love that, but uh, uh, really, <laughs> it's just one of those things where okay, great, fine. Uh, there's a there's a point where well, I think we've talked about this before. Who are the guys who are going to show up in twenty years and the crowd's going to be super psyched to see? Because yeah, been, maybe, maybe the shield, if they're lucky, maybe the shield. But like uh, you've been you've been kind of keeping those guys. Uh, there's a ceiling for those guys. Because every because they're never going to be in your eyes in the, in the product's eyes as popular or as big of a draw as the dudes who were on top of their game 20 years ago, and it's a weird thing that you're never going to build the next super hype guy because you're keeping him down for the sake of the guy who was super hyped 10, 20 years ago. It's, it's weird
0: Triple H says that he's going to put taker down. I wonder how much build there is there is left for this, considering this is still several weeks away.
1: Listen, this is a great promo. This is the whole thing. Like, like it was, even though I lost all those matches since Triple H, I, I took something out of him. Because right after that, he lost the streak. He lost all of his mystique. And I basically broke the taker. Like, even yeah. though I wasn't the one who broke the streak, I was, he was, was those things. And that makes sense to me. That's, that, that is a, a line of reasoning that I can follow. Which is rare these in this day and age. So right there, that's a good pearl. Now I'm okay, fine. I just I still can't work up the. Oh um, man, I can't miss Matt versus your your connection has
0: uh, sufficiently crapped out oh, on okay. me. I will, but uh, yeah, that's. I guess we'll have to just see the way how, how this unfolds because they still got several weeks before this is. <laughs> Before this, this comes to fruition and this this all pans out. WWE Raw Tag Team Championship Match. I guess we're running back this 10-minute tag title match with the B-Team deal. I don't quite get that. I don't quite understand it. I don't know why they think that we need a 10-minute match with the B-Team. I don't know. Very little of this made sense to me. To the, to the point to where Like, what if you're pushing these two guys in Ziggler and McIntyre at the main event? Well, why do you have the B team giving them a run? This doesn't, and I'll tell you why it's because they're trying to kill time. This whole show, it was them trying to figure out how to kill time. I don't believe Alex is back with us, but I'll carry the show in his absence. We come back from a commercial and Ziggler super kicks Axel while McIntyre hits an inverted Alabama slam. I love that spot. It's a fantastic spot. However, this is right after Ziggler had already super kicked Axel in the face. Then he goes for a third one, and that's when the tides turn. And we get the Bo Dallas hot tag. What why do you think why do we need a Bo Dallas hot tag on the two guys that are helping carry the main event, the main event scene right now? I don't get it. Then it took an eye gouge to set up the zigzag claymore for these two guys to get the pin. The two guys that are about to feud with the Shield had to beat the B team with an eye gouge. Bo Dallas cleared the ring. This doesn't make any sense. The Shield SANS Roman, attacks Drew and Ziggler after the match. Because it didn't make that much sense, this this match fell under par for me in my match ratings. And I can't make a lot of sense out of the Ziggler-McIntyre versus the B-team stuff besides the former winning the titles. That made sense. Ziggler and McIntyre winning the championships made all the sense in the world to me. However, them having two competitive matches back-to-back when they've been made a joke of forever, that doesn't make any sense to me. Not a damn bit of sense to me. Hey, if you guys like me going solo, I go solo on the Fightful Wrestling Weekly every week on FightfulSelect.com. We review Ring of Honor, Impact, and Lucha Underground. But if maybe you're not going solo, maybe you don't want to go solo. Maybe maybe you want to team up with somebody. Maybe you want to go head-to-head with somebody. Maybe you you want your own back-and-forth action. And if that's the case, our buddies at Blue Chew are here to help you. One-on-one, tag team, triple threat. BlueChew.com will get it done. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. They're prescribed online. No doctor's visit in person, Ship straight to your door in a discreet package. No waiting at the pharmacy. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Fightful is that code to use, bluechew.com. But even if you don't, hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter and let them know you heard about them from us. And let me let me just tell you, Blue Chew even helped resurrect Alex's internet connection. He's back. It's a damn miracle. It's a damn miracle. All thanks to Blue Chew. At get blue chew on Twitter. Alex, what'd you think of the tag team title match?
1: Um I love Bo and Curtis, but you can't they have a great opportunity to, to make the new guys look strong by, by beating the hell out of the old guys. Uh it 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 did it did seem throughout this that WWE was drastically overestimating the fans' desire to 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 want the tag titles back on the B team.
0: It's like, like they almost forgot that the that the chants in the theme song for B Team are canned. Those aren't actual people doing that. <laughs> right. Nobody
1: does that. No, they actually and they gave them a brand new move to do with the chant, where they stop twice and then punch three times in the corner. They give like, B Team B Team go go go, and like that would have been great Especially if you like had done that. Ago. Like, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, a while ago, my thought is this: um, I don't. I mean, even if you. Are rooting for the baby faces. It's better to have these guys have the tag titles, so you can have them have tag title matches with the Shield. The the B teams a go nowhere team. This team actually has legs and could do something in the division. Let's. I think we're all rooting for better wrestling. So.
0: Kevin Owens is backstage, or actually, we'll, we'll go to the, the Shield at 0.66. After the match, Corbin goes off, says the Shield isn't supposed to be there. Ambrose and Rollins say, it's not the Shield without Reigns. Yeah. So they get Corbin to admit that he got them jailed last week. They threaten to have him thrown in jail for falsifying a police report. I don't think they can make that call, Alex.
1: No, I, I don't think so either. And also that's one of those things where they say later, uh, oh, we're not gonna press charges. It's not you that presses charges on falsifying a police report. It's the police that press charges on falsifying a police report. So, you know, maybe that's not the best way to do that. I like how they're they're just straight up making deals with Corbin to get matches so he doesn't have to go to jail. Uh it's this is all all ridiculous. Um the, from, from from fake cops to the cop they bring in, who's, who's apparently related to Dean Ambrose, because his, his, his name tag says Ambrose. Yeah. When they flip to him, he tries to show his badge, but he opens it up backwards and upside down. Because, I mean, bringing in, like, the real cop who can't open his badge right is just perfect. It's just perfect.
0: <laughs> so Ambrose and Rollins say, tell the sheriff we're not going to press charges. It's okay. And Ambrose is trying to basically explain away a speeding ticket and says, I'm going to call you next time I'm in jail. And he has the name Ambrose on his tag. Yeah. But they don't explicitly say, Hey, we're related, but it's, it's it
1: was like, it was like, Hey, uncle Steve, thanks for showing up and, and playing ball. Like, that'd be great. But they don't actually really do that. So.
0: So then Corbin lets, Mac, McIntyre and Ziggler know backstage that they're going to be defending the titles at Hell in a Cell. They're not happy with it, whatever. So, throughout this entire backstage segment and a commercial, Kevin Owens has had to sit in the ring because this entrance happened before the commercial, before the backstage segment. He's just got to sit there like a fool. Mm-hmm. And then he beats the living shit out of Tyler Breeze, who does put up some offense. But Owens says that his new job. Is doing whatever he wants because he loved walking out on WWE, but that Baron Corbin begged him to come back and he only did on the condition that he could do whatever it is he wanted. What are you thinking about this new Kevin Owens dealio?
1: Any any, uh, listen, you get you give me to to nihilist, violence obsessed Kevin Owens, the guy that we saw as, as NXT champ. That's peak Kevin Owens. That's the guy I want. I need that now. Um, and the fact that he's actually using real logic as, like, my best friend, Sami Zayn, is on the shelf because he was deliberately injured, kayfabe or not, uh, by uh, Bobby Lashley. And so that's where all my rage is being focused. That's amazing. That was what I was pitching, is like, they'll never do this because it's too logical. And they're actually doing it. That's amazing. I'm so happy f- that they're doing that. I also love the idea that, that you could do this, where Kevin Owens is running roughshod over people, just doing whatever he wants, powerbombing everybody on the apron. And when Sammy Zayn does come back, you can immediately do this thing of like, Kevin, this is not what I wanted. I, d- I didn't. Need- yeah. I didn't need this. And immediately you have Sammy Zayn as the righteous, good babyface versus. Versus Kevin Owens, who's like, "How could you tell me you don't want this? I was doing this all for you. I hate you now." And we get right back into their amazing feud. It's it's tailor made for that. You
0: know? Kevin Owens is like, "I'll be damned if I let a Bobby Lashley feud ruin my career, <laughs> like everybody else's." <laughs> he's he's trying to give Bobby Lashley the real great first great feud of his WWE run. Yeah, the Reigns one had had a good match. It was fine, but but they man.
1: Forgot. But they forgot about it. Just completely forgot about it. Speaking of forget about things, uh, um, remember we asked, you asked me last week, what's going to come with this Dana Brooke thing that they did? Not nothing did. nothing
0: said, this nothing. week, at least.
1: No, because she lost to, to Ember Moon on main event. So they're really pushing her wow. as this as this new program, this new feud thing that she's got motivation to win now that she broke up with Hattest Worldwide. and Oops, nope, they're not, they're not doing that at all. So
0: <laughs> when we... We talk about the Dana Brooke thing. It's like a follow-up for that would have been perfect for this show that was so much killing time.
1: Yeah, it could have been.
0: But, but you know. it, it said we didn't get that. I love the Kevin Owens promo. I love the explanation of hurting his best friend. And let's go ahead and talk about Bobby Lashley because we see him lifting weights with Leo Rush, yes. hyping him up. And initially Bobby Lashley's like looking angry, but then he embraces it, and he better embrace it, and he better hold on to Leo Rush and never, ever let go.
1: Man, Leo Rush is an absolute natural, charismatic heel on the mic. He's so good on 205 Live. And the thing was, he only had, like, one match in on NXT TV. Then he, like, ran afoul of some people, was busted down to just doing the, the loop on the floor. And then he was brought up to 205 Live. And if you're not a 205 Live watcher, and you missed that one match on NXT, you might be wondering, who the hell is this guy? He's electric in the ring, and he's so good on the mic. This is going to be really cool if they pair him up as the mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley.
0: I thought Ricochet was surefire, the next Rey Mysterio Jr., until I saw Leo Rush in the ring. And when when I saw that, I I was like, okay, Leo Rush should be the one to do that, at least from an in-ring perspective. And on the mic, he's got it, too. I think he is the complete package, and I think he can be that special kind of wrestler. So immediately, I sent a text message to some people who were backstage at Raw, and I was like, lots of 205 guys. And they said, yeah, they're getting tired of paying them to work one day a month. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, "Fair, fair. 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 Everybody wins. Leo Rush really did work like one or two days last month. Drake yeah. Maverick, a few more, but they don't have two oh five live house shows. No. So Leo Rush in July had to go wrestle Danny Birch in NXT and had to go wrestle Fabian Eichner on I think in Fort Pierce last month. Hmm. So they're they're getting the they're making use of Drew Gulak and Leo Rush and Drake Maverick. What do all those three have in common? They can talk too, if you need them to. Yeah. So yep. that's a very good thing. Uh, I'll expand on that a little bit more in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly on Fridays or on this Friday. It will be up early for Tier 2 subscribers of Fightful Select. And our buddies over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited covered that every week. But it makes sense. When I heard that, I said I, w- I was like, well, that's pretty much what
1: I thought. But my, my, my dream is for uh, Seth Rollins to come out and do one of his Intercontinental title defenses. And then Buddy Murphy comes out, and they just have the most ridiculous match for 11 minutes and introduce the raw crowd, Buddy Murphy, which gets them to go over to 205 and, live and watch some of that stuff because he's been amazing on 205 Live, and he absolutely could put on a clinic with a guy like Seth Rollins. And I think even, even in defeat, he, he would look amazing in it.
0: Do it. Hey, you know who we can put on a clinic with as well? A guy named Bobby Lashley eventually. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about a match made in heaven? Oh, the, that dynamic of yeah. the power of Bobby Lashley and the yeah. speed of Leo Rush in the ring. Oh yeah, that would be outstanding. I would really like that. This was a brilliant move by WWE.
1: Yeah, keep it Very up. Very smart move.
0: This needed to happen. I don't know who got. I'm going to try to find out who got in Vince's ear and said, you know. That that whole anti-manager thing you've been into for like the last whatever. Uh, piss off! We need <laughs> we need because they they were ruining a lot of guys. They were yeah. just wasting away with a lot of guys. Yeah. Up next, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode defeated the Ascension. Roode admits he was overly excited last week. Gable immediately tags himself in, cleans house until he eats a boot from Connor. The Ascension get a nice assisted knee to the face. I always love when they do that move. Uh, but Gable eventually makes the tag to Rude after a good hip toss. Rude hits a spine buster. But Gable is back in and wins with the Chaos Theory. They do their cheesy celebration afterwards. And at this point, I don't want Bobby Roode to turn. I want this team. I want this team to be everything that Jason Jordan was supposed to be with his overly baby face, cheesy, yeah. like... Chris Jericho, 1996, before he turned heel. Yeah, yeah baby! Type of thing.
1: <laughs> that, I want that out of them. Yeah. I, 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 listen, I'm all for, for new things. Do new things. Um, this is interesting. Uh, I, I, I do feel like the way that they're playing it, it's absolutely going to, going to lead to one of them turning on the other one before they even get to be close to a tag team shot. Um, but, uh, but. For the meantime, I'm happy to watch this because at least it's something different. And it, like when, when Chad Gable decides, hey, I'm just going to take on two guys at once, kay? uh, He proves to us that he can do that. And he proves to the audience that like, oh crap, this, this little guy's amazing. We should see him on TV more. And, and those are the kind of things that allow him to get on TV more, which he should have been doing since he got, came over from SmackDown. So I'm, I'm excited to see him do anything on my TV screen.
0: As am I. I'm just. I'm glad to see it. And Bobby Roode needed something too. And this is maybe the most interesting thing that Bobby Roode has done since he's been called up. Oh, my, without a, without a doubt. And that's saying something. Him wrestling the Ascension is the yeah. most creatively intriguing thing. Yeah. So Ronda Rousey and Natalia defeated Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. Ronda, this was, I think, one of her weakest in ring performances that I've seen thus far. I was gonna say that. Yeah She, this is a match that kind of exposed her her inexperience, and she'll get better. But the footwork, there's some footwork issues. The the line I always steal from Billy Gunn: skittery feet. Mm. Where in an MMA aspect, she'll probably have good footwork, but when she sells, she'll like cross her feet and her ankles, and not not the way that Billy Kay does it, where she does it intentionally. Like she really loses her balance a little bit. And her timing was off several times. The heart attack spot didn't look great. She she landed cross-legged. You never learn. Almost, I can't think of a situation. I'm trying no. to. Because you never say never. But you never land cross-legged like that. No. So, Natalia plays the hits early. Gets worked over with Mickey James. Renee Young, we'll talk about on commentary. So yeah. glad she got this role.
1: Oh. My God! So
0: glad she got this role, but I gotta add one point in criticism. She says that Ronda trashed Alexa's armbar. Alexa tapped out Natalia with that armbar last week. Yes, and it is a terrible looking armbar. Right. So is the one
1: Ronda's doing. Ronda's not doing
0: an armbar. Arm
1: bar. No, like like it, it. It it's weird. What it appears to me. From what I'm, because I, I roll back and I'm like, I don't, I know Rhonda knows what she's doing. Of course. So so she's, I I, I would think, okay, you won't let me do this thing because I might accidentally, like, actually break somebody's arm. Uh, so here's what I'm going to do instead. I'm not going to hurt anybody, but this is what I'm going to do. It feels like if you hold your arm up like this, right, and you push your hand back while pulling your elbow in, it mm-hmm. kind of, it, there's, a, there's a thing right there in your labrum that it looks like it, it yeah. feels like it hurts. And that's what it looks like she's doing. But that's not an arm bar. That's some Rhonda, kind of weird, like, shoulder Rhonda can strength.
0: make something like that very painful. But that is not the arm bar no, that made not. her famous. No. That wasn't even the on-the-fly thing she used against Cat Zingano, which would be better. Right. Where, like, there – and you can work an arm bar. I've done it myself a hundred times. Like, yeah. we drilled it a lot in catch wrestling class. So I know Rhonda knows how to do it. There's no way she doesn't know how to do it. And she probably I don't know how she feels about it, but I would get the feeling that she would rather do the one where she arches back now granted that can pin your shoulders, but Ronda savvy enough to not have her shoulders pinned, yeah Alexa bliss shadow boxing cracked me up so hard that was the funniest goddamn thing yeah <laughs> because she knew how stupid and ridiculous it was mm-hmm. gonna look she said to hell with it to hell with it uh. <laughs> Rousey gets the tag and a big reaction. Gets ran into the barricade in the apron. James hits a sliding drop kick and clearly called some spots for Ronda. Yeah. but Ronda shines as her judo throws because yeah. she can't. You can't do that wrong because that's all on Ronda, and Ronda's yeah. gonna put you where she wants to put you.
1: Absolutely, no those those things always look. They just. I, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to always, blink. Look,
0: different. They always they are, look
1: different. They always look different. They um, always look different because the one she does to, to Alicia, especially with the way Alicia takes them, I always feel like I'm going to blink and then look, and then Rhonda will be holding Alicia's severed arm, yeah. and <laughs> Alicia will just be there wearing her ridiculous hat and being like, oops, <laughs> I don't have an arm now. Um Yeah, but yeah, uh, those judo throws look look amazing.
0: I, I believe we were talking about this a year ago. Like It was probably... 13 months ago when I reported the news that Rousey was training as a pro wrestler, one of the first things I brought up was is going to use some throws that pro wrestlers have never seen before and that pro wrestling fans have never seen before. And I'm glad she is. Uh, So Renee Young on commentary. Coach kicked to the curb in favor of Renee Young. I have a column coming up this weekend about the just the overwhelming sense of optimism that she brings to the commentary booth. She has excelled at everything. Backstage interviewing. In-ring interviewing, pre-taped interviewing, hosting unfiltered, hosting talking smack, hosting tough enough. When she's had to perform, she's good at that. The JBL and Cole show, she was great on that. Mm -hmm. She has been good at everything that she does. Yeah. Everything that she does. I consider Renee Young a surefire future WWE Hall of Famer, and they are fortunate that this woman fell in love with a pro wrestler. Yeah, They are very fortunate because I think she is head and shoulders above everybody except Gene Okerlund, who has done the ringside interviewing job. So I'm very excited to see her as a full-time commentator.
1: I I am as well. I think it's great. Uh, The one thing I will say is that uh, I I don't need Coachman hosting those already interminable kickoff shows. 'Cause I feel like he's he's fine as an analyst. just the hosting. I mean I'm like, you you got Charlie Caruso there. Charlie Charlie could host it.
0: Let's talk about a coach, Rosenberg, and Sam Roberts panel. <laughs> Sam <laughs> Roberts would look around and be like, He's fucking doch.
1: <laughs> but even that, but like <laughs> then, then you then you throw Otunga in there and the occasional appearance of Jerry Lawler, it's just gonna be Oh
0: my god. Yikes! Oh boy, Booker T. I can't wait to see him on these channels. We're gonna get so many looks from Booker T. that are like this.
1: Oh, Shucky Ducky! I can't wait.
0: Renee Young is a female voice that WWE needs. They need that that voice yeah. that that can relate to as, as characters on this show are growing. Was there any Sasha Bailey tonight? None. None they killed and, that much time,
1: and they weren't take, they weren't on main event either, so like it's there's not up not there.
0: Mick Foley comes out this is after Elias has spit his coffee on a production assistant backstage. He trolls New Orleans and about the saints leaving. Mick Foley interrupts, says that Elias doesn't have a sincere bone in his body, and Elias tells a story. I loved how he told about how he was there when Foley got thrown off the cell, yeah. But Mick cuts this great promo about wanting to feel as alive as he did 20 years ago and announces he will be the ref for Reigns versus Strowman, which is just count the pin, make the submission official, I guess. Elias trolls him, and Mick says he's allowed to make one match. Brings out Finn Balor. Uh, this was a good good uh, promo. I honestly thought it was going to end in a sacco or Me a too. guitar shot.
1: Me too. Sako definitely I thought Sako was coming out. Um I love the promo. I, I, God damn, I love like fired up Mick Foley on the mic. Like the, yeah. if you if you want to watch like the Foley like at his peak like doing crazy promos. Go back and watch like the fall late summer early fall of 95 ECW. It's on the network. His Cactus Jack stuff when he was like an acolyte of Raven back then. Man, he's the stuff he's just, he just had like six, seven minutes of promo straight. And it's just, you can't t- look away. He's so good on the mic. Uh, I, I love this. I don't know how I feel about him being the special guest referee because I yeah. feel like it, it, it opens so many doors for, for uh, like get out of jail free cards for, 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 for WWE. Like, okay, well, we have this monster who can't be beat. But he's definitely getting beat because we're keeping the title on Roman. So how can we make it look like it's not our fault? <gasps> ah, I got it. We'll put this amazing baby face that everyone loves as a special guest referee. Then if Braun is mean to him, they'll boo Braun. If Braun hurts him, oh my God, they'll definitely gonna boo Braun. And when he counts the pin, one, two, three on Braun, and raises Roman's hand, he might be able to spin it is that what he's actually doing is is screwing over Steph's favored guy because he hates Steph, and Steph now apparently wants Braun to take the title because that's what she says through Baron Corbin. And there's all these openings. The one thing I think that might be interesting is if uh, Roman accidentally, like Superman, punches Mick, and there's a there's a a confusion there, so he doesn't know who he's counting the pin as. Like he's just there, just just doing the one, two, three, and and counts the pin that way. There's a lot of openings there, but the one thing for me is it, it feels like it's just another way to get a legend to raise Roman's hand in victory and and get that still, that piece of video for later in the year, um, which I, I wish I wasn't so cynical, but sometimes <laughs> I, I find all those ways that WWE can can twist the knife a little bit.
0: Speaking of cynical, I, Finn Balor's brought out, he beats Elias with a small package for like, I mean, you, you remember when I used to criticize Balor's work, he would play the hits, throw kicks. I think he's back to that. It really yeah. seems that way. And for a year, man, did I enjoy his work from last summer to this summer. It was so good, but this wasn't it to the point where you had pockets of the arena doing Marty Skrull chants. And I mean, Elias was able to break up the monotony with the jumping knee and a spinning power bomb, but this, just wasn't good. It was, it was there. It existed.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it didn't, it, it, well, I think because it was no heat behind it. Like it was just like, none Finn, Finn is not doing anything this week. McFoley put him in a match against Elias. They don't, they're not feuding or anything. There's nothing. There's no history between these two. They've had matches in the past, but no real history. So it's just a match. It's just a match. It's, it's essentially, it's more filler in a in a in a show that's just full of filler so that's, that's why it was you know nobody reacting to it because there's nothing to react to
0: that's what it was no titus worldwide on this show after they had that angle kind of going still no sign of bray wyatt there is no sasha or bailey you had some other guys that were out there just because they were there for the opening segment but no real progression on that stuff. Now yeah. let's talk about the most surprising thing. I can't remember the name of the goddamn award, but this this E oh, awards the, thing. The People's Choice People's Choice Awards. The People's Choice Awards. And I don't know the name of the actual award. Mm-hmm. Ali Raisman. Yeah. Olympian. Yeah. Kevin Durant. Kevin, on
1: Kevin Durant. Kevin
0: Durant. NBA champion Serena Williams, one of the greatest athletes of all time; Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest soccer players of all time, and naya Jax. Yep, who happens to star on an e-series oh, called Total Divas. The,
1: uh, the The name of the award is Game Changer of the Year.
0: Oh, okay. The Game Changer
1: of the Year. Well, here's the thing. To to be fair, I don't know when the the nomination process ended, but going into WrestleMania and coming out of it, they seem to be doing this whole thing of, like, this woman who's been a heel, now she's beloved by the fans because she's body image positive and everything, and she's so great, and we're definitely going to build our whole little vision around her, and whoopsie daisy, she's not on TV anymore. So it doesn't look good right now that they, that whatever they were trying to do with that, like it, it it did feel like it. Like if you want to say what what do normal women's wrestlers in WWE look like, Nia Jax would then be a game changer as women's champion, and that's fine and everything, and maybe that's what they were going for. But it, if if they if the nomination process was back in May and now she's not on TV for several months, I know she I guess she's nursing a couple of injuries. But it doesn't doesn't look very good that, like, she, you know. Not Claims around. she's not
0: injured. She is injured.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Raw doesn't do the SmackDown thing where they take you off TV for two months. No. Not if usually. you saw this show, you understand why. The Big Dog and Braun Strowman. I've missed Braun Strowman just tearing stuff up, and that's what he did. He <laughs> threw a guy through a pole backstage. It was very funny. <laughs> then he essentially interviewed Charlie Caruso. said, where's Roman? And she goes, well, maybe you should call him out, and he'll come out. And Roman did oblige. But then Roman, uh, Samoan dropped Braun off of a, an announce table through the ringside or through like a ringside stage, yeah. which does. It does follow essentially the storyline of Roman being super hardcore that I created on Fightful Gaming this week when <laughs> he and his cousin The Rock defeated the New Age Outlaws in a landmine death match. But I thought it was a fine ending to Raw. I guess. I mean, it was it was a cool spot.
1: Yeah, it's a cool spot. But it it just it it feels like this. Um. I mean, it's the other thing is that it it used this used to mean if you if you stand strong at the end of the go home Raw, you're not winning in the pay per view. But they don't do that anymore. So it's good. It, it it could very well wind up looking like they they had Roman just overcome the giant guy on Raw and then. Beat him up inside the shield. Said inside the cell. I do want to say that have you seen the poster for Hell in a Cell with this crazy, like 15 year old goth artwork where it's like, um, Roman Reigns is looks like the actual devil and and oh, yeah, and and Braun Strowman looks like a minotaur demon with a snake tongue. And it's just it's just ridiculous. It looks like a terrible, Jesus terrible drawing. Christ. It's, it's so weird, I, like.
0: When I saw that I thought it was like bad fan art.
1: No, 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 that's the official poster for Hell in a Cell. And I also- decided
0: I've decided what we're going to do when we're short on time on SmackDown nights. We're going to read really bad WWE fanfic out loud. But unfortunately, we are not short on time tonight. That's we true. will preview uh, Hell in a Cell tomorrow night. We do have a live post show Sunday, Triple G Canelo Saturday. Listen, your boy, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Tune into that show. Holy smokes, MMA Fightful Podcast, or Fightful MMA Podcast, rather. Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, that live SmackDown show. Of course, FightfulWrestling.com. We do a little bit of everything. I know some of you just check out the podcast. FightfulWrestling.com. want you guys to check it out. Comment on some of our stories. Just drop your thoughts. I value your all's opinions and your thoughts on these stories. I want to know how you feel. About quotes that are in there, all that good stuff. Interact with me over there. Of course, we have fightfulselect.com, our premium site. You can follow Alex at Palowski the Fourth. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow us at Fightful Online. We are out.